0: Well, it's some sort of reprieve, isn't it? The Reserve Bank has kept the cash rate on hold. It was, it was becoming like one of those sort of, you know, games where you bet will they, won't they, will they, won't they, and they didn't. Peter Ryan is the ABC senior business correspondent. Peter, what, what can you tell me about the decision? You were standing outside the Reserve Bank waiting for the announcement today, I see you again.
1: That's right. Once again, for the uh, the 11th time since May, maybe even longer, right through the pandemic, I was there when they were cutting rates. Um, But yes, that's right. It's interesting when you get to a point where um, nothing happens and it's a uh, big story. (laughs) even bigger when they've been raising rates. But um, it is is interesting. I was thinking about this as, um, you know, the pause that refreshes. Someone might remember that old jingle. Well, it sort of refreshes maybe just for a month, but we might actually see rates going up again in May if the inflation problem persists, um, which is possible. And so we have to wait to see what those quarterly inflation numbers say on April the 26th. And if it's um, bad news, if we don't see the trajectory of inflation heading south, well, the Reserve Bank might have no uh, choice but to um, press the rates button again, given that in today's statement, RBA Governor Philip Lowe said that uh, the board remains resolute in its determination to uh, return inflation uh, to the target of 2 to 3%. And of course, now it's 6.8% uh, in the 12 months of February, which is incredibly high.
0: Interpret the language of the board's statement today. Resolute. Is that a, is that a term? Is that a word? they 've used in the past Peter or is this a new one
1: yeah they've uh, they 've used the term resolute um Uh, a few times before, probably every statement over the last uh, uh, year or so, but there are a few subtle changes. We're always looking out for these subtle changes, trying to put the um, the economists, uh, uh, market economists out of business, looking for uh, sudden changes. And the statement in March, they they actually referred to um, the expectation that there will be some uh, further tightening of monetary policy, but now they're saying they expect there could be some further tightening of monetary policy, quote, may well be needed. so um, Philip Lowe's maybe learnt uh, his lessons as not being too specific about what <laughs> what they might be doing. He's got no, hasn't no, he? Yeah. No mention of uh, 2024 ever again, no date-specific a commentary there but you know it, it, uh, it, it was a bit of a, a borderline decision really given that as I mentioned inflation's at like 6.8% but really they've made the decision that after 10 consecutive rate rises now's the time to um, press the pause buttons, uh, step back and have a look to see what the impact is of these rate rises because there is a very big lag. Sometimes it could take like a year for these to work through the system so no doubt there are people listening this afternoon who don't need that as a news flash to tell them that um, budgets are getting tougher at home.
0: The ABC's Peter Ryan is a senior business correspondent. He's the voice you're hearing at the moment telling me about how the Reserve Bank didn't do anything today and that's the story, they didn't up the cash <laughs> rate. I'm wondering whether OPEC's decision 48 hours ago to, uh, to reduce their output of oil, meaning the price of oil is going up, in a sense, in a funny kind of way, does a bit of the... Reserve Bank's job for it to suppress potentially inflation in Australia.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good observation. Of course, it is. Uh, it is another complication for the Reserve Bank, given that when OPEC decides to stop uh, producing um, a million barrels a day or cut production by 1.1 million barrels a day, um, that is all about them maintaining the, the oil price. And after that, decision. We saw the price of Brent Crude, which is the global benchmark, go up more than 6% to $85 U.S. Dollars a barrel. Of course, it was above $120 U.S. Dollars a barrel about 14 months ago. But basically OPEC's looking at the world sees a slowing US, the growing risk of a recession. Some economists factoring in a 100% chance that the US will go into recession by the end of the year under the weight of interest rate rises. But also those big worries about what happens when you have one small California Californian bank that we've never heard of um, going bust and uh, potentially sparking a little bit of a run and what we call contagion in other banks. So OPEC's worried that if you do actually have the United States going into recession, uh, the wheels of the global economy start slowing down and there'll be less oil needed for that. And of course, they're in the business of keeping the price up, which is why they
0: cut supply.
1: Yeah, I think OPEC's
0: more looking at uh, their mates in Russia and China, (laughs) aren't they? I think they're yeah, in the BRICS group of countries.
1: That's right. Those um, sort of non-official members, but yeah, mm. it's all it's all about. Uh, some people would say it's unkindly the cartel, but that's exactly what it is. <laughs> of course, uh, it's OPEC and it's uh, Russia and China. Not the United States, of course, and in some ways, this was seen as uh, OPEC um, thumbing its nose at the United States and uh, U.S. President Joe Biden, who made that trip there last year, trying to urge the Saudis to increase production. But once again, when the the United States or a U.S. president goes overseas trying to tell another country what to do, well, you know that's sometimes the result.
0: I reckon the, the Saudis are having an each way bet, as they they they, they seeing that they in their mind maybe the American what's the influence in the world is declining so they want to get a bit closer to uh to the to the other block of nations yeah and it's interesting
1: what you say about um higher crude oil price will eventually be passed on at the petrol bowser here in australia the reserve bank may see that as a, a tap on the brakes as well and may yep. not need to do that. But it is another factor, particularly given in the background, the war in Ukraine continues and the cost of living continues to be really hurting households. And pretty much there's bill shock wherever you look. But once again, we're not telling people stuff they don't know, but the <laughs> Reserve Bank's are aware of this and they've only got that rates instrument to try to calibrate the economy.
0: And they meet again in a month from now to, uh, to consider the same thing.
1: That's right. They'll be meeting um, first Tuesday in May, but that will be right after the uh, quarterly inflation numbers, which are out on the twenty sixth of April. And so the fed, have... when's
0: the federal budget? That'll be in May as well.
1: Yeah, second week of second week of May. So this is all in the lead up to the budget. A lot of stuff going on. Of course, um, uh, the. Uh, The review into the Reserve Bank, the independent review into the Reserve Bank, was delivered to Treasurer Jim Chalmers on Friday, late on Friday. Um, And Jim Chalmers has said that's going to be released sometime between now and the federal budget. I would imagine that probably um, in the lead-up to the budget, they'll probably release it, especially if they need a diversion uh, from bad news that might be coming down in the budget. Mm. And, of course, um, Philip Lowe's uh, career uh, prospects uh, could play a bit of a role there. And we'll be actually hearing from Philip Lowe tomorrow. I'm going to a luncheon that Philip Lowe's um, speaking at, hosted by the National Press Club of Australia, where no doubt he'll be getting um, questions from pesky reporters like myself about um, his uh, career as Reserve Bank Governor, given that review.
0: Well, before I let you go, we've been having a bit of a discussion about paper today, because apparently it's going to be hard to find any reams of Australian-produced A4 paper Uh, at your your local store if it hasn't run out already. Apparently, it's now going to be coming from the other side of planet Earth. This is because the paper mill down south uh, closed down uh, last year, I think it was. Can you tell me anything? Apparently, you know something about this, Peter. Is that right?
1: Yeah, well, um, during the pandemic, like a lot of people, I bought in bulk. So I've got two big boxes of uh, reflex paper. (laughs) You want to sell Um, it? (laughs) It says, proudly Australian made. I'll have to go out the front and start selling it. But made in Australia... Um, you know, smoother and whiter, um, sounds a bit like toilet paper, I guess, but smoother <laughs> and whiter and, um, but it, it's, it, it's great paper and maybe a lot of people have been buying up in bulk and of course, you know, people buy online, buy through Amazon and the rest, but it is interesting that if you go to a place like, you know, office works or other stores and you look around, probably if you had a look at other types of paper, they may well have been made offshore and it reminds me of a situation maybe 20 years back, we, some of us might remember the white and yellow pages. And uh, there, was <laughs> yes. a story, there was a story where Telstra or the company that made the white and yellow pages, I think they were called Pacific Access, were in trouble, or as I would say, in the PR world issues management because some of the paper was produced from Indonesian rainforests. So um, there are all these other factors that come to paper. And if you buy cheap paper, well, it might be coming from a source that you might not necessarily be
0: happy about. Peter, appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Steve. Peter Ryan, the ABC's business correspondent, who bought up bulk in Australian A4 paper during the pandemic.